Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Well, we have been on a journey this morning. Beautiful paths have been created for us. And for just a little bit today, I want to talk about a path that leads to self-control. I believe this is a path we all should walk. And if we all walk this path, if we all enter the path of self-control and live in it, I really believe we will be able to lead successful Christian lives. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about the fruit of self-control. And I think we're going to have a good time doing that. Before we dive into our content, though, there are just a few items I want to share with you. I think most of you are aware that we share our gatherings on Facebook Live. So whenever you are on vacation or perhaps you're attending St. Mattress, (laughs) which some of you will get that a little bit later, but whether you're away on vacation or at home, you're just not able to be present in the room, which, by the way, we love when you're in the room. We really do. But if you can't be here, there is a way you can watch what is happening at Valley Point Church and stay connected. For me personally, right now, I have family in Naples, Florida that is watching. And they would even say that Valley Point is their church. So I want to say hi to my family in Naples, Florida. Thank you for watching this morning. I also have family that watch from Toledo, Ohio. So hello to the Toledo family Thank you for watching, and I know many of you have watched from a variety of places, and you've probably even encouraged some of your friends and family members to check out Valley Point Church online. Just so that you are aware, here's some interesting stats of places where people have watched Valley Point, Uganda, Albania, Russia, Kenya, Puerto Rico, and France. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. And I know that many of you are taking advantage of watching. Here's something that's great, though. I want to talk about John and Linda McCosker for a few minutes. They are simply fantastic. And they're not here over the summer, as in being present in the room at Valley Point Church, because they hang out in Long Neck, Delaware, on the Indian River. And while they were there... Some fans of the Indian River, apparently. I'm sure it is. So while they're there, they decided to take this whole Facebook Live thing to a new level. They did. And so here's what John and Linda have done. They've opened their home to their neighbors and their friends, and they host a Let's Watch Valley Point party. And they have been doing that all throughout the summer, all throughout this series, They even call it Water's Edge Valley Point. So will you help me welcome Water's Edge Valley Point? It's really kind of a great thing. I got an email from Linda, and she said this. We are enjoying having the neighbors in for Valley Point at Water's Edge on Sunday. Please pray that our little church plant will grow and glorify God. I love everything about Valley Point. I'm so happy to be able to share it with others. I love that. I think it's wonderful. And whether you share Valley Point on Facebook Live with others or whether you invite someone to join you here, 
Thank you for being part of what God is doing in our great faith community. So I wanted to just give you that update about Water's Edge and how Facebook Live is reaching people. I also want to share with you that eight months ago, we hosted here in our unfinished building. So we moved in in December. Eight months ago, the building wasn't done, and we hosted an event here that I think is still one of my favorite events. We opened the doors and said, let's just pray over who will potentially enter this building. And so we opened the doors and we gathered in this unfinished space. There was no carpet, no chairs, none of this. There was no stage. And we worshiped together. And then we ended with this sweet prayer time where we invited everybody who wanted to participate to come up and write underneath the stage here. And these names are still here, by the way. We encourage people to write the names of the individuals they hope would join them someday, God willing at Valley Point Church and just had a really unique time of writing the names down of people we hope would fill the chair next to us. And I'm thrilled to say that some of the individuals that I wrote on the floor are actually attending now, even sitting in the very front row, which is amazing to me. And I hope some of your friends have begun to attend as well. And I share that with you to say we have been on an extraordinary journey And let's keep inviting, let's keep sharing Facebook Live and certainly live and in person here in the room, Valley Point Church, so that we can keep inviting more and more people into real relationships with God and with others and to use the one life we all have been given to do something significant. So those are the two items I wanted to share with you. Okay. We are nearing the end of our summer series called Nine Flavors. And today, I want to encourage all of us to step on the path of self-control. And we do have a choice whether we want to step on this path or not. I think often we choose to run from it because it involves accountability And it involves submitting to God and what he wants for us. And sometimes we tend to run from that stuff. Today, I want to encourage all of us just to put those things aside for a few moments to say, what does God want to say to me about getting on this path of self-control? Throughout the series, we have been using two verses from Galatians chapter 5 as our foundation. Verses 22 and 23 I have asked our church to memorize these words. We're in week eight or nine of this series. I'm not sure. Certainly you have memorized it by now, right? So let's stand and say it together. The words will not be on the screen today. But if you're here for the very first time and you're like, what's happening right now? Just enjoy listening to what everybody else has to say because we've worked hard over the summer at memorizing these words you can find them in your program as well. So here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Again today, we're going to talk about getting on the path of self-control. We have the privilege of discussing the last fruit 
in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, it's self-control. And again, I think we're going to have a great time. So thank you for being here. You may be seated. While you're finding your seats, I would encourage you to take out your talk notes and grab a pen. Let's begin with our big idea for today, which is this, self-control. Pray for it daily, okay? Self-control. Pray for it daily. And why do we need to do that? Because I think we all desperately need a great big dose of self-control in our lives. And so the rest of our time is going to be thinking about how we need to pray for this daily because we desperately need it. I talk to you guys about this often. In studying scripture, whenever that may be for us, whether it's on a Sunday or in a small group or if we're studying scripture on our own, it's so important to look at the context of what is happening. And we talk about this. It's why I share with you who is the author and what is the purpose of this particular book. Because every writer under the direction of God himself wrote what God wanted them to say and each book has a specific purpose. And every word in that particular book in some way will point back to that purpose. And so you've got to know who's the author here and what is the book and what's the purpose of this book? To whom is it written? Because that helps us to understand context. One of the other important aspects of context is you can't just really take a verse or two and pull it and just do that and ignore everything else that's happening in the paragraph of Scripture. That can be kind of dangerous. And so when we look at a verse or even a couple of verses, it is so important to roll up a little bit. And what is said before these words? And that's important for building context. You also have to look at what follows these words. And again, what is the author trying to portray? What is he saying that points back to the purpose of the book? We look at verses before, we look at the verses we're studying, and we look at the verses that follow, and that gives us this great big thing called context. It gives richness to the text. That's what it does. And it helps us to understand what's happening fully. So far in our study of the fruit of the Spirit, we really haven't done that. We haven't gone back to look at the verses before Galatians 5, and 23, nor have we looked at the verses that follow. We're going to do that today, and then we're going to conclude by looking at the verses that follow next week. So today I want to roll up a little bit, and we're going to read some disturbing things, actually, that all point to the value and the importance of self-control in our lives, and why we need to pray for it daily. Because we have this thing battling inside of us, this sinful nature that wants to peel us away from self-control. And so we're going to roll up and look at the verses before, and again next week when we conclude, we will look at the verses that follow, 22 and 23 in chapter 5. So before... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so on and so forth. Before all of that, there are some unique words in Galatians chapter 5. So if you have a Bible 
or a device, I would encourage you to find verse 16 in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to begin reading there, and then I will read all the way through our verses, verses 22 and 23. So here's the word of God, a little more context here. Verse 16, so I say, and this is the Apostle Paul, the author of the book of Galatians. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Pause. Throughout chapter 5, and in a lot of other words and verses that the Apostle Paul wrote, he talks quite a bit about allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and to direct us and how we need to walk with him. And when we walk with the Spirit, when we get on a path that is driven and guided by the Holy Spirit, well, he produces and cultivates in us great fruit. But we have to cooperate with him in order for that to happen. And that's why Paul is saying here, please, please, believers, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, when that happens, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. If you've ever felt that tension inside of you, that is normal as a believer. Yeah, I want to do what is good. I, I want to honor God. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in me. I desperately want that, but there's the sinful nature and evil desires that percolate in us all of the time, and so this tension exists. Paul acknowledges that. Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And then he goes on in verse 19 to say, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And here comes a list. And it's a disturbing list. When we're not on the path to self-control, this is what happens to us. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then thankfully, we find our incredible list, but the Holy Spirit. This is our hope. When we've trusted in Christ, God the Father gives us God the Holy Spirit, and here's what he wants to produce in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is really quite a fascinating list placed in the context of the fruit of the Spirit. And when we get on a pathway to self-control, 
Well, again, God develops in us and grows in us love, joy, peace, and so on and so forth. But when we get off of that path, well, here is the list of what happens to us. But that's not what God wants. And that's not how God the Holy Spirit wants us to function in life. He wants us to be living out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here's our word for today, self-control. Self-control. The path to self-control. Let me give you some thinking points regarding self-control. Number one, Self-control is the only fruit where there is not a matching quality of God, which is kind of interesting. And why is that? Well, thinking point number two, God God does not need to exercise self-control over any sinful temptation like those listed in verses 19, 20, and 21. So God doesn't need to exercise self-control over sinful natures within himself. Here's another way to think about it. God does not need to hold himself back or to restrain from the evil desires within him because those evil desires do not exist. God is without sin. So, thinking point number three, self-control is something we need, not something that God himself has to exercise. Which makes this fruit of the Spirit fascinating and unique. Just so that we're thinking about self-control in the same way, let me provide a definition for you. Self-control is passion under control. I think that's a great way to define it. Self-control, passion under control. Passion under control. Passion under control. You know, we all have passions, don't we? We all have likes and interests, and often those likes and interests turn into passions for us. We have belief passions. Some of us may have opinion passions. We have hobby passions. We even have sexual passions. And... Passion under control is good. I want you to hear that and I want you to know that as you walk out of here in just a few moments, that passion under control is good. But when passion is out of control, it often leads to all kinds of hurt and misery and despair and loss, and we begin living out what we find here in verses 19, 20, and 21. Okay, there's all kinds of things here in this list. And I want to go back to verse 19. Here it is. The results of following your sinful nature. By the way, we all have a sinful nature. That's true for every single person in this room, for every person watching online. We all have a sinful nature. Evil desires often percolate within us. Boy, and when that happens, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, and lustful pleasures. Welcome to Sunday morning. Great topics, right? 
It's fascinating to me that the Apostle Paul here in the book of Galatians and in other books that he wrote talks quite a bit about sexual passions when they are out of control. And we certainly find that here in chapter 5. Here's the list. This is what happens when we get off the path of self-control. Sexual immorality, impurity, and lustful pleasures. And he touches on these things in other letters as well. Why does the Apostle Paul spend so much time talking about sexual passions out of control? Well, I believe he does that because when this particular passion area is out of control in our lives, it always results in loss and despair and brokenness and pain, and it can be difficult to recover from that. I think this is a very relevant topic because there are all kinds of examples of individuals who have lost control of their sexual appetites, both within the church and outside of the church. Very current stories about all of this. And when that happens, there's loss and despair and brokenness. It leads to heartache and pain. By the way, the Apostle Paul is very clear in other writings that there is an appropriate and a biblical and a good and a godly way for sexual passion to be expressed. You find this in Scripture. And the good way it's always expressed is within the boundaries and the confines of marriage. And sexual passion there is beautiful and delightful and satisfying and should be pursued within that context. And the Apostle Paul is clear on that. When we get off of the path to self-control, we may have troubles in these areas. But he goes on to list some other things that are also kind of frightening. How about hostility? Quarreling? Jealousy? Outbursts of anger? (laughs) Do any of us struggle with these things? Right? Selfish ambition? Dissension? Division? Envy? drunkenness, and other sins like these. I think the question becomes, am I in control? Am I in control of these areas, my appetites, my attitudes, and my responses to these things? Am I in control? Am I, in, am I on that path, this beautiful path to self-control that results in the rest of the list of the fruit of the Spirit or... Am I being devoured by some of this? I love what author Christopher Wright and scholar says about this. He says, so Paul has come full circle in his portrayal of the fruit of the Spirit. He began with love, which is a quality that directs our thoughts and actions outward toward others. And he ends with self-control. So these are the bookends, love and self-control, which is a quality that directs our thoughts and actions inward toward ourselves for our own good and that of others. And probably, Paul has in mind that unless we exercise the somewhat negative but necessary practice of self-control and live in a disciplined way, which is a way disciplined by the Holy Spirit, we will not be likely to bear the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. So the rest of the list, in a unique way, kind of hinges on our ability to be on this path to self-control. And if we get there, and when we get there, well, love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness and all of these things, they come to life inside of us. If we're off the path to self-control, I think we're going to have a hard time living out the rest of these things. And we've got to get back to allowing the Holy Spirit to cultivate this in us. So, how? How? Well, I want to share four takeaways that I believe will enable each and every one of us to get on this path to having great self-control and living out the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. So here we go, number one. It's a question. Where in your own life do you see the need for greater self-control? Where? And this is going to be personal for each and every one of us and different. Perhaps as we walk through these words in Galatians chapter 5, something jumps out to you that, oh boy, that's a problem for me. And I keep giving into that. I keep losing control in that particular area. And God help me. Well, I think part of today is asking this question, where in my life am I out of control? And it's fair for each and every one of us to begin thinking about that right now. That's the first takeaway, the question. Where in your own life do you see the need for greater self-control? Secondly, all ages, all ages, evaluate your appetites, okay? From the youngest student in this room all the way on up to the oldest, most mature individual, evaluate your appetites, And would you say your appetites are putting you on a path to self-control where the fruit of the Spirit is being cultivated and lived out in you? Or is there something taking you away from the fruit of the Spirit? We got to evaluate our appetites because if we don't, they will devour us. And we'll be living out these negative things found here in chapter 5, which we don't want and God doesn't want for us either. So all ages evaluate your appetites. Is something out of control? Is something out of control? And maybe you're the only one who knows that because it's something on the inside. But you know it and God knows it. And today is about bringing that out into the open, at least between you and God, so that you can align yourself with God's truth and have self-control. Thirdly, what steps will you take spiritually and in practice to cultivate this part of the fruit of the Spirit? What steps will you take? Because it's one thing to say, all right, I'm out of control in this particular area and I've got to watch my appetite, but what actual steps will I implement as I walk out of here so that I can begin to grow and truly allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate self-control in my life. Let me share some suggestions with you. Number one, maybe you need to confess to God. Repentance. It's kind of an old-fashioned word. It's a lost word. But there's so much beauty in it because when we repent, when we say the same thing about our sin that God says, he tells us 
he will forgive us and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So repentance actually starts us on the path to self-control. And so maybe one of the things you need to do to practically say, okay, I gotta begin living this out. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate this is to just have a great repentance conversation with God. Confess to God. Secondly, maybe you need to confess to somebody else. And maybe there's a relationship that has been damaged that you can repair this way. Or maybe you confess to someone else to invite them into your story and ask them to hold you accountable with this particular area. That's okay to do. And maybe that's the very thing that will help you get on this path to self-control. Thirdly, I would say this. Become an expert on what Scripture says about your area, whatever that might be. Search the Scriptures. These ancient words have so much to say about how we should be living and how we can gain self-control. And I can guarantee whatever your thing is that might be stealing self-control from you, you can find something in Scripture that speaks to it. And so my challenge would be become an expert. Search, do a deep dive into the word of God and become that expert for the benefit of yourself, but also for the benefit of others that you can help them in some of the same struggles. So become an expert. Confess to God, repentance, confession, confess to others and become an expert on what scripture says. And then here's the final takeaway. And that is, kind of goes back to our big idea. Pray for self-control. Pray for self-control. And do it daily. Why? Because we need it. Because we need it. I will say to you, as I was researching all of this and beginning the final prep yesterday on what I sense God wants me to say to you on this particular Sunday, it's convicted myself of how little I pray personally for self-control. So that's my confession to you. I'm not good at that. And it sounds so easy. I gotta pray for self-control. But if you're like me, and perhaps you are, when's the last time that we actually did that. And there's a sense where this list of the fruit of the Spirit is a call to get back to all of these things, but the uniqueness of self-control is we need this. We need this in order to be living out the rest of the fruit of the Spirit, because without self-control, there will probably be little love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or gentleness. So let's do this. Today, let's heed the call to get on the path to self-control. By saying no, to the sinful nature inside of us and these evil desires that percolate. Let's run from that path and get on the path to self-control that we can honor God with our lives 
and be bright lights and truly live out the fruit of the Spirit. Father, we come to you with humility today. Humility. God, I know, I know, I know I need growth in this area. I know it. My best guess is there are other people who feel the same way today. And so as we begin the process of coming to the end of our study and our series, I pray that we would be challenged today and ready. So ready to say, God, I've got to get on that path to self-control. And here's my area. Here's my thing. Here's what gets me. Here's where I am losing control. God, I pray right now in this room, you'd help us to have some great conversations with you. Help us. Help us to be guided by the Holy Spirit. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're feeling the challenge of gaining self-control in a specific area. And God is whispering that into your heart and impressing that on you now. You can't stop thinking about what that is. Right now, I want you to give that area to God and just talk to him and say, God, here's where I have been losing control or I am about to. I feel myself slipping away into this. Please help me. Just have a conversation with God. Talk to him about that particular area in your life. He wants to hear from you. Talk to him. Own it. If there is confession that needs to take place, If you need to repent before God, then from your heart to his ears, just call it out for what it is. Confess, repent. Knowing God says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. So take some time to just confess, repent.
And then would you just ask God to strengthen you? God has a real enemy who wants to hurt you and keep you off of the path to self-control. The great enemy of God doesn't want that for you. And so there is no doubt as you are making some of these commitments and you are repenting and just asking God to help you that you're going to be tested immediately when you walk out of here. And who knows what happens on Monday to Saturday? We don't know. We've got our plans and our schedules and agendas, but we have no idea what's going to happen that might cause our sinful nature to overcome us or these evil desires that bubble inside to overwhelm. So let's ask God to give us strength to stay on the path of self-control. Ask him to give you that kind of strength and courage to stick with him and to walk with the spirit, to be guided by him, to stay in his word, to keep conversing with God and not just do that in these moments, but to continue this conversation all week long. And then if you're comfortable, I want to encourage you to do this. Just take your hands and extend them in front of you with palms up if you're comfortable. I think this simple posture allows us to come humbly before God and to receive this challenge from Galatians chapter 5 to pursue self-control and to get on that path. So just hold your hands out open before God and tell him you want this and you desire this in humility. God, so many hands are held out before you this morning here Valley Point and you see this and you know every heart and every situation and every story you know so here we sit before you low with humility saying that we need you and we desire you. And we want to be on this path to self-control. And so this is our posture today. God, I confess to you, so often I don't have this kind of posture in front of you, but I take my hands and I make tight fists and I pull them closely to me for fear of what I may lose. God, I I confess that to you as an improper posture. So God, would, would you help me? Would you help me? And would you help everyone 
In this room, those who may be watching online doing the same thing, God, we're here with open hands before you. Help us. Help us to get on this path and to have self-control in every arena of our lives so that we can be bright lights where we live, work, and play. Help us to do that now, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.